السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم جميعا أيها المستمعين والمستمعات بلاب الاسنز في راديو إسلام انترناشنال وكم باك تحياة طيبة with myself مالي مشاكل هنتا Alhamdulillah, today we've been speaking about the importance of involving the youth in Dini projects. And we are looking at mentorship from the Quran and the Sunnah. And we see this in the life of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where he took young sahabi under his wing, subhanallah. And, you know, just one example at the top of my head is Usama bin Zayd radiallahu an, the beloved son of Zayd radiallahu an. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had brought up his father and like that, his the son of Zayd radiallahu an. And we see that he, in a, at the age of 17 years old, he becomes one of the first generals of a Muslim army. So alhamdulillah, joining me online today is Sister Amalima Farhana Haturani. And inshallah, we are going to be going into detail discussing the importance of involving the youth in Dini projects. Uh, Abu Farhana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Radio Islam International. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakla for having me up Alhamdulillah. Uh, you know, at the moment we are all soccer mad and I know recently I just saw that you also posted on your status that you love soccer. And I just wanted to ask you, how important is it for us to, for, uh, you know, to be relatable to young people today? Uh, very actually, and I think I was going to touch upon uh, upon this in one of your uh, in one of the points, you know, going on uh, further into this uh, conversation that while we want to involve youth in all of our initiatives and uh, you know our talks and our discussions and all of that. Uh, uh, our very first step is to draw them in. And we're not going to be able to draw them in if we're not going to be relatable to them. And so it is It is imperative. Um, and, you know, Apashakta, we're living in a utopian world. It's changing constantly. Um, what we were exposed to, let's say, three years ago, right, um, is very different to what uh, the kids are exposed to right now. Uh, mm -hmm. What we were exposed to at the age of, let's even say, 20, right? Uh, our kids are now being exposed to at a young age, and this is going to maybe even shock you, at the age of six. Mm -hmm. so, so for us to be relatable to the youth is imperative. It is so important because at the end of the day, how are we going to connect with the youth if they cannot feel, if they cannot have or feel a sense of proclivity with us, if they cannot talk to us uh, with things that they find an interest in, or if they feel that we are unapproachable, or if they feel they cannot relate uh, to us on matters uh, that are concerning them. So it's very, very important. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I'm, it's not just a personal interest when it comes to soccer. If I have to actually tell you how I got into soccer, it's, it's funny because I never had an interest in soccer. Never. I never grew up yeah. like soccer. Um, and I, I don't know if, uh, you know, yes, I actually did an interview with you where um, your listeners will know that, uh, you know, I'm a single mother, I'm divorced. And um, what had happened was, my son, I had a, I had a young a daughter who was struggling with uh, with the divorce, and then I had the, I had a son who was obviously not um, talking to me. He was just internalizing everything. And at that moment, I was like, "How am I ever going to connect with this child? And how am I going to talk to him? How am I going to get him to open up to me and make him feel safe with me?" 
And the first thing that came to mind was, let me get him into a sport. And uh, at that time, he wasn't doing anything. And he was like, you know, basically like every other child at that time, um, because I lived in a complex. So it was like, uh, you know, TV, phone, uh, those were the types of activities that he was involved in. And so I was like, you know what, let me just get him into sport. Maybe that might just do him a, a bit of good. And so what had happened was I... I, I put him into league soccer, and so I was sitting there every twice a week, sitting outside, waiting for him, being a single mother I had, and I, I was like doing nothing in that time, so I would read Quran, I would do this, do that, and then I noticed that there was a ladies, um, ladies training, uh, ladies taking walks around the ground, and whatever, so I started doing that, and then after that I noticed that there was a girls team, a ladies team, and so I joined the ladies team, and I started playing soccer with them, okay. and... And then is how I got into the sport. And and from there, it was just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to learn how to do, how to play this sport because now it was, it became a personal interest mm-hmm. because I was now playing a sport and um, that is how I got into soccer. And then all of a sudden it became a shared interest between me and my son and uh, we connected on something and he felt safe. Like, you know, we would, we would, uh, talk about it we would do things together on weekends it was uh it was matches his matches my matches twice a week together it was we we actually connected on that level so that is how i got into into the whole uh love of the game and things like that then as a result like i said you know it helped me emotionally it helped my son emotionally and it helped us through a very difficult time in our life now, obviously, we, you know, it doesn't really have, always have to be sport, but the, 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 the main, you know, um, takeaway is that our young people are always looking for a way to communicate with us and communicate with us over and above the, the, the normal ways that we think about, you know, there's just the, 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 the you know, our, our madrasa systems, we went to madrasa, we came back and that was it. And nowadays you find that children need and they want much more than this. Now, you know, as you're speaking, you're bringing to mind my time in Venezuela and I found with the Spanish youth as well, the best way to get, you know, to get through to them and to get to interact with them was to play basketball once a week, uh, you know, and we used to have some drawing competitions. That just be like really something where you could actually build that rapport and build that connection. Now, about, about I, what I want to focus on is, you know, when we are speaking about our youth, we want them to join us in da'wah, right? We want them to join us in this understanding and this worry and this figure of saying, you know what, how do we take care of the, the future generations? But do you think that it's important for us to focus our dawah movement, you know, in a more youth-based direction? Absolutely. And uh, you, you, you just, you just uh, said it. Um, why? Because they are our future. Um, and how we shape them is obviously the way we're going to shape our future and shape the generations to come, uh, inshallah. And that is the pathway that we are setting uh, for them. So, uh, of course, uh, we need to be involving them and we need to get them connected to their, to their dean. And we need to uh, be focusing on the youth. Not to say that we, we, we shouldn't be focusing on the parents, because remember also at the same time how we um, educate our parents, hopefully, is also a way to enable our parents uh, on how to bring up children the correct way. So it all goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely our our, our work as, as, uh, as, as Ustads 
would definitely be that, you know what, we, we also need to be more interactive in terms of, uh, you know, uh, establishing more uh, programs that are more directed towards the youth. And we know, and if you go, like you said, when I just started the program, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was... Um, he was so he was so active uh, with the youth, and he took a very very keen interest in um, in establishing the youth in the work of uh, da'wah and in the work of uh, propagating deen. And uh, he never shied away from the fact that you know uh, taking a youngster and putting putting him in a role of authority, uh, so that he could gain a sense of um, of significance, not mm. just. Uh, of, uh, you know, uh, you need to, not just so that, you know, you could control or anything, to make him feel connected that this is what the dean is about and you need to you need to take charge because you are going to be the future. And if you're not going to step and be assertive in this manner, then what are we, what are we doing? Because we have to ensure that from us the work continues, that the mm. work continues. And so 100% we have to definitely focus on our youth. And so, yeah, and you know, again, I said, you know, the, the Sunnah is the perfect example. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam once said that young people who grew up obeying Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and following His orders would be amongst the seven categories of people under the shade of Allah. That is how much Allah loves youth who are involved in His work, who are close to Him. So therefore, we should never be neglecting the youth in terms of bringing them closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and calling them towards the deen. And... Um, as a result, we know again, once again, we're going to say it, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam special attention and took a keen interest in the young Sahabia, involving them and talking to them constantly, making them leaders of certain projects in order to instill a sense of duty and connection towards their deen so that they can understand what is, what is required of them when we are no longer uh, in this dunya. SubhanAllah, you put it so well, mashallah. And you know, this really brings to mind my, my brother. I say my younger brother, but he's quite old now. But when he was growing up, you know, Allah rewards some of our ulama. They've done some really great initiatives. And I remember he would, you know, every holiday they would go for youth camps and they would go, uh, go uh, you know, once, once a year they would go for these um, umrah shops. And it was so fascinating to see the manner in which, you know, little things affected him. And now my nephew, you know, alhamdulillah, he's, in, uh, he's uh, studying in one of the Islamic schools. And he loves wearing a, a, a turban and he's constantly going out with his ustaz. They go, go out in jamaat, they have these programs together. And mm -hmm. you can see the way it is molding and changing him. You know, subhanAllah, you can actually literally see the effect that from a couple of years ago to where he is now. And it's... You know, in school you are learning and in madrasa you learn. But it's that, you know, the time that you interact with your teachers. Now, you know, this makes me want to ask you something quite important. In the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there's always a focus on listening to the people around him, whether they were young or whether they were old. But our cultures, you know, we sort of take the young people and be like, no, you're too young, you can't have an opinion. But when we allow our youth to be heard, we, you know, we, we allow them to open up to us. Do you find that this is an integral part of our youth development and projects that we are doing? Definitely. Because, um, again, it brings me back to the, the point where I say, uh, you know, we, we, we spoke about relatability. So before we establish any type of interactive youth programs or even programs and talks that are aimed at the youth specifically, we must learn to adopt a way that attracts them to us in the first place. And the only way that's going to also attract them to us is if they feel 
we are they are being heard by us right so um very very important uh, for us to establish that with them and one way to establish that with them is not to be closed off and closed minded um when they come to us with certain things uh and you know um this world is scary and we know that uh there are a lot of challenges there are some really uh difficult things to hear that are actually going on in society but it's difficult as it is to hear we need to swallow that pitfall is um as ustads is ulama and we need to make ourselves very strong because believe it or not uh our our children are already hearing these stories are already seeing these things happening in their social circles in their schools uh unfortunately some of them are seeing it in their homes uh with their loved ones so if we are not going to be open minded and open hearted as well towards our youth uh we are just going to draw them further away from us so mm. it's one thing when we want them involved and um you know assisting us but it's a whole another story when um they're not feeling heard by us as adults in these spaces so we have to make ourselves emotionally accessible and definitely mentally accessible to, uh, to towards our youth as well subhanallah you know abu fazana to abahanam i'm so sorry why one of the, the the challenges that i've been looking at and i've been seeing you know across the board is this lack of self esteem and confidence that our young people have and you know most of our youth projects nowadays it has to be geared to that that direction you know allowing them to learn to find the internal selves and finding their own voices and you know just developing the skill to be able to interact with each other and you know uh, uh, this year i've done quite a few workshops with young people and it fascinated me fascinated me to see the messages that i would get in my direct messages as opposed to what they would say in a group and they were absolutely terrified to share their real thoughts with people and with the, with their peers and so that you know makes me wonder are we really focusing on the correct projects that our youth need and what are those projects that they need and what kind of development programs do we need to give for them so it's one thing when we want to build up you know self esteem and all of these things and how many love we have to because i mean look at the end of the day um uh, i mean apishakira if you look at it we it's i don't want to say we live in a broken society because it's mm. quite negative uh, i i can say perhaps we living in a very misguided society mm. where we're looking for for happiness peace and uh value in all sorts of wrong things and very uh short term uh gains and pleasures right? right which leaves a lot of us chasing a lot of the dunya pleasures instead of looking at long term things that actually bring um long term peace and value to our lives now if you look at what the children are exposed to and a lot of our kids now youth and when we talk about youth i would say essentially we we are referring to say uh 10 years old and above right uh most of them already have devices Mm-hmm. most of them are already exposed to social media and if they don't have devices and uh, uh, it doesn't really matter because in mm-hmm. their social circles at home i mean at school they still exposed to the information so they may not be getting it from you but rest assured they're getting it from outside sources so and already there the challenges and the demands on them are extreme and it's and it's somewhat unrealistic so um self esteem wise 
it's it's very demoralizing for a lot of them. So yes, we why we we definitely need to work uh, with our youth in terms of self esteem and building them up in um, and teaching them how to connect with themselves in a sense where they value themselves enough to have self respect and all of that. But at the same time, right? We still have to most importantly, and this is what I stress about. It's one thing when we're doing all of that, but it's a whole other thing when we're also establishing within our youth a sense of an Islamic identity with them, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. essential. And a lot of them are lacking that. To understand what is their role as young Muslims. Because I can be a very confident child, right? Well and good. But what Mm -hmm. is that confidence going to help me? It may help me in this dunya, but is that our is that our only figure as Muslims? No, that's not our that's not how we are supposed to be guiding our youth. It is for dunya and akhirah. So we have to be establishing a sense of self awareness and spiritual self awareness within them. And that's the tricky part. That's where a lot of us um don't get that right is but spiritual guiders, I don't know if I can call us that, or stars or uppers, or even as parents, because we don't know how to establish that work, you know, love your deen, um, gain a sense of connection with Allah, uh, work on your love for Allah, work on your, uh, you know, we we sometimes, you know, when we go to madrasas or, and I don't want to put anyone down or anything like that, but this is my personal gripe, uh, when we teach the deen, sometimes we teach it with, uh, you know, Islam is all about restrictions. And if you don't conform, you're going to be punished. And da, 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 da. instead, use it in another sense. Change the narrative. Allah loves you. Allah will test you. Not because he wants to break you, because he wants to mold you. He wants to teach you lessons. He expects greater things from you. And if he doesn't put you through certain things, you're not going to be that person that he wants you to be. Or Allah wants is, 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 is preparing a special jannah for you. That is why you are going through certain things in your life. So mm-hmm. connect with Allah on that level. Read your salah on that level. Talk to Allah. You need to talk to Allah. You need to make Allah your friend. If you do not make Allah your friend, how are you going to expect Allah to be on your side? So it's like, you know, gain, put that love for Allah in our, in our children instead of putting fear for Allah. Although I am cognizant of the fact that they also need to fear fear Allah, I prefer putting that love for Allah more than fear Allah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess, you know, it, it's all about hope and raja, you know, building hope, but also not breaking that hope to such an extent where fear is, overcomes everything or breaking the, 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 the you know, fear, then they just become complacent. So that, that fine balance that we want to develop. Now, uh, mashallah, you know, you have uh, two kids, you have a boy and you have a girl, alhamdulillah, and may Allah bless them and love them always, inshallah. But I, I want to ask you, like, you know, with regards to first and foremost, your son, do you feel that our youth, uh, you know, projects and youth development must be attached to the masjid if it's coming from a dini environment? Preferably. Especially with uh, with boys, because you want them to to to, uh, to to develop a the love for the masjid. I mean, in today's times, it is very sad. And as a start, when we I and I teach big kids, um, when boys are of you know ages sixteen, seventeen, 
and they still don't know what is Witr Salah, mm-hmm. or they don't know what is Salah, or they don't even know what is Salah with Jamaat or what they need to do there. And it breaks me. And this is because they don't frequent the masjid. So it is very important for our masajids, for our uh, imams, for whoever is in charge of our masajids, for, for most of our youth programs to be centered around our masajids because essentially that is where the community needs to be um, going towards. If you have a community center where, you know, it's away from the masjid or whatever, alhamdulillah, let it happen there. But remember the house of Allah, why not there? Mm. Why not? If you have mm. Islamic institutions, why not there? Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with uh, a madrasa, a maktab madrasa, whatever it is, wanting to host the youth program at uh, an, an, another venue, whatever. But essentially, it, it will make a massive difference if uh, the masajids were open to youth programs and inviting youth to come and spend time in the masjid. And you know, we we make dua and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy for our young people, you know. The hadith is so beautiful. Man alif al-masjid, alifahullah. He who loves the masjid, Allah will love him. And you know, when you look at this positive hadith, you know, and this encouraging word, it just goes to show you how much we have to exert ourselves to encourage our young people. Now, you know, when it comes to our young girls, they face a whole different kind of test compared to boys. I mean, you know, one is not greater than the other, but it's always different. So... When you look at young girls, what are some of the biggest issues and concerns that they are facing in this generation? Especially, as you said so earlier, that the last three years have changed the entire ball game. I asked my I asked my girls just the other day in class. I was like, girls, can I ask you something? And they were like, oh gosh, no, Abba, please don't. And I was like, why? <laughs> I was like, Abba, you ask us questions and we don't know how to answer. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, okay, um, what is your biggest challenge at the moment? And then... Um, one girl said, uh, uh, what's her uh, result at school? So I said, really? And they all kept quiet. And I was like, girls, be honest. And then they really did. And I was like, are you guys concerned about how you look? And then they all like, yes. And I was like, serious? And we're like, they were, they were unanimous. So body image. Our girls are struggling mm-hmm. with body image. And let's face it, I think... Even as adults, I don't think it has been uh, this much of a challenge uh, in past years as it is now. It's heightened. If we as women are uh, are finding it so challenging or finding finding the pressure of appearing perfect uh, body image-wise, I can just imagine what the young girls are going through because they have not developed a sense of identity with themselves and they're still trying to figure out everything else. And so they like really don't know which way to go. So with them, definitely body image is something that they are struggling with and how to fit into all of this. And you uh, have a generation of, uh, I don't even know if I can actually use this word on on radio, but you have a generation of very, very young girls who are over-sexualized and um, as a result, they are aging way beyond their years and they are struggling uh, massively uh, emotionally and mentally because they've just not taken time to enjoy their their childhood. They are maturing way too fast uh, based on obviously all the information that they are being exposed to. And so for me, 
uh, having to constantly talk to my girls about developing a sense of self-worth and self-esteem in terms of, you know, who they are intellectually and morally more than what they look like and what they wear and where they go and who they're seen with and what they are posting in terms of, you know, gaining popularity on social media is is a challenge. But that mm. is the challenge I face with my with my young uh, teenage girls because it's all about the social media media image. It's all about the popularity. It's all about the likes. It's all about how many followers, how many likes, uh, how much of social media conformity do, you, do they have? Um, you know, the celebrities in following all of that in to what extent are they able to follow all of that? It's 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 a lot of pressure. Mm. Subhanallah. You know, you know when I think of it, and when you think of having your own kids, and you, it, it becomes so terrifying when you think that we have to, you know, we have to let them out into this world. But but at the same time, it's also you know humbling because we have to ask ourselves, we how just how much of this responsibility are we fulfilling? Uh, Abu Burhana, you know, I I want to turn it around a little bit now. When we think of the youth, you know, we're always focusing on how the way we can assist them and the way we can focus on them. But I've always seen this. The youth influences us in reality. And, you know, subhanAllah, if given a chance, they will really impact you and they can change your life. And this morning I was in class and I was just recalling a time when I would be a volunteer at an orphanage. And the amount of things that we've learned, we learned as young people and, and in turn teaching the elder people at that time. So in your life, how has the youth influenced you? How would you say they have impacted in your personal life? Okay, that's a bit of a tough one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> you impacted me. Um, I think if I have to look at my goals uh, in my madrasa, and you know, this year will be the first year that I've actually had goals complete uh, full 10 years with me at the madrasa, which okay. I'm so, uh, so incredibly proud of. And... Um, you know, when I look at them and I and I always think, uh, you know, how did they do it? Because these are high school girls, and I know, um, and I and I know the pressure they have because they go to to private school, and I know the demands that they they face at private schools in terms of academically as well as um, uh, you know sport wise, and how they've had to juggle everything as well as come to my madrasa and deal with me and my pressure and manage to complete uh, my entire syllabus, which is more than uh, the normal maktab syllabus, as well as my surah syllabus. And I just think that they are absolutely resilient. Um, so if there was anything that they've taught me is just how to keep going, um, is to keep focused and just honestly keep going. If there's something that you need to achieve and you want it badly enough, um, you can definitely... Uh, achieve it. Uh, so that is something that um, I think they definitely taught me because I'm a part of a procrastinator and if something looks a little bit difficult for me, I tend to just like, oh, I don't want to do this because it's, <laughs> it's a bit challenging and it's a bit difficult. But they have, I look at them and that is the inspiration that I draw from my youth. It's just keep going because the energy. And, you know, um, one thing about the youth is that uh, you know, they're going to be questioned about the time that they, uh, that they, how they spent their time in their youth. And I always tell them that, girls, the time that you have, the energy that you have now, you will not have it in your 20s, 
30s, 40s going up. You won't have it. So just make the best of it. And I see them making the best of it. And really, my students, when I tell you that they make the best of it, they they really don't make the best of it. Like, you know, hanging around with friends and wasting time and things like that. They they literally just studying, 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 and, you know, coming to Mujerzai and just... Just achieving results, and for me, that's for me, that's just inspirational. Subhanallah. Uh, you know, Subhanallah, listening to you say, my girls, my girls, you know, it's, it's really making me miss my own girls also because it's, it, you know, you, you, you first, the relationship you get with your students is something so unique and so different. And this brings me to something that I've been, you know, thinking about as we, I was putting the show together. Mentorship, you know, mentorship in Islam is so important. And when you, when you speak about them like that, it's that it's not just about going to madrasa. It's not just about attending the classes and then going home. But it's about giving more of yourself. And I'm sure, you know, you have a lot on your plate with your teaching and your, your own kids as well. So do you find that you go over and above and you take time for them? How important is mentoring in this role? And inshallah, I'm not going to trouble you any further. I know your time is limited. <laughs> I think I can wrap up all this discussion with you for for a long time. because <laughs> comes to teaching and children and youth and inspiring them, I think it's something that, um, it's always something that I've taken pride in doing, which is why I am so, which is why I've chosen with regards to our madrasa to teach the specific age group. I only teach from grade five up until, t- uh, until t- and I don't teach the younger age groups. So yeah. there's a reason for that. But uh, definitely when you talk about, you know, mentor, uh, mentoring and mentorship and things like that, they, even when I when I refer to them, when I speak to their, to their parents, I don't, I don't use their names. I call them my child. <laughs> Especially when they're like, you know, big and they're old and whatever. It's like uh, they're my children. They eventually start becoming my children. And I, I will handle them in class as if they were my they were my child. I and I and I tell my my parents the, the same the, the, when they come to me uh, at parents meetings and stuff. I'm like, you know what? This is who I am in class. Um, if you want me to molly coddle, that's not going to happen because I wouldn't do that with my children. I will handle my children and I'll come down on them. That's exactly what I'm going to do with your child because they they are my children. They are my responsibility. They're not just my 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 students. If they were just my students then I wouldn't care what they do out of the two hours or what they do out of the uh, time in madrasa. And that is not the case uh, because how they behave at home and what they are doing is my concern. So um, mentorship in, in terms of how we, you know, shape our youth and stuff, it goes beyond the classroom time. And, I, you know, I don't want to blow my own horn and stuff like that, but I can definitely tell you that it is, uh, speaking to them at uh, at night when you are tired <laughs> is waking that just this morning. I hope she's not listening to this. She's gonna say, "Abby, you're so embarrassing. You're talking about me on radio." At such a time, I'd like to phone a student. It's like you are not awake at such a time to give me your sutras. And I'm thinking, I wonder if other uppers actually do this. <laughs> Allah reward you abundantly, but it's but it's true. You have to go over and above, right? We go over and above, and it's uh and and I'm and it's like oh and I made a WhatsApp call and then I called a, a, a you know normal call and then after this she was apologetic and then it took me like a whole another hour to try. But that is what it is. At the end of the day, you know, 
it's not just about getting results from your students in terms of mark-wise, but also wanting to see your students excel emotionally, mentally, shaping them into better adults because we're not raising children. Apashakira, we're raising mm. adults. And we yeah. want to raise good Muslims and Muslimas that are able to go out in society and make a positive impact to the future generations in terms of our Islamic values and continue... Uh, you know, with this, with this dean in a manner that we, we require because times are getting difficult and mm-hmm. we need to establish this within them. SubhanAllah, you put it so beautifully. Abu Rana, I wanted just to ask you, to any of our listeners out there, you know, we will wrap it up now, inshallah, but those who are, you know, listening in first and foremost and the young people who are feeling demotivated, what advice do you have for them directly, inshallah? Um... What are you feeling demotivated about? I need to know. Demotivated in terms of life itself, demoted in terms of uh, spiritually, emotionally. I think with that day is that um, you're not alone. You're definitely not alone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I said just, just to, the, to the student uh, uh, this morning, who said, you know, she wants help in this and that. And I was like, fair enough, you can be knocking. You can go knocking on every door wanting that help, but you're ignoring the one door that is constantly open for you at every given second, every given minute, and at every given day. And that is the door of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Walk through that door first. Walk Mm -hmm. through that door first. You don't even need to knock on it. It is an open door. Allah is waiting for you 24-7. Just go through that door first, connect with that first. And, um, and you know, our youth uh, struggle, and, and, the, and the best way to connect, uh, connect with Allah is through Salah. And mm. um, a lot of our youth struggle with Salah. And one way they struggle with Salah is, the, is, is that they think that, you know what, I have so, so many Salahs, I feel bad to start reading Salah. That's not your concern. The only concern you have right now at this point is not to miss the next salah. Don't focus on how many salahs you've missed. That will come. The trigger for how many salahs you've missed, it will come. But focus on not missing the next salah. So walk through that door. Um, connect with your Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first. Connect with your creator first. And inshallah, everything else will fall into place. Um, find someone that you can talk to. You're really not alone. Like I said, Allah is always there. If you cannot talk to your parent, go to a teacher. If you cannot talk to a teacher, find some, uh, go to your stud. Uh, if, if that is not available, I don't know if, uh, if they are able to find us in some kind of way, maybe through this program. Uh, yes. We are available if they want to talk to us. Uh, if they're struggling with something that's probably, uh, uh, you know, leading to that demotivation in their life. But, um, there's always ways to get you back on track. Um, yeah. uh, this life is at that at your age, life is your oyster, and you just have so much to achieve. Like, uh, just don't get sucked into. I don't know whatever it is that you are fixated on that's keeping you stuck and keeping you demotivated. But. Um, there's always a way forward from whatever it is that's keeping you demotivated. And that first step is just connect with your Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just connect with Allah first. That's your first step towards anything in life. 